This is the AV Podcast Games Edition. Hello and welcome to the AV Forums Gaming Podcast. I am, of course, Steve Hill, and joining me this month is Ben Ingber. Hello, Ben. Hello. Mark Botry. Hello, Mark. Evening, Steve. And the housewife's favourite, Leon. Hello, Leon. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> and we would have Steve here, but his dog ate his microphone. Do you remember back when you were at school, if you forgot your PE kit, they just made you do it in your underpants? Is that what we want to do? So, maybe we <laughs> yeah. should have just made him do it in his underpants. <laughs> Moving straight on, uh, let's get into the news, fellas. Uh, big announcement this month, Battlefield 4. We were teased with a 17-minute epic trailer. Um, Leon, should we all be excited? Um, probably should be. It's, it's Battlefield and it's next generation, and it looks all shiny and nice. Um, whether it's pushing anything forwards, I, I don't know. The, the trailer's pretty cool. It's got, um, what is that song that's in it? Is it Annie Lennox? Some sort of Annie Lennox song. I'm going to get things wrong again. Here I am, making myself look stupid on a podcast as always. Um, but yeah, it's got it's got cool music in it, and they seem to be making it a lot more cinematic this time. But when the guns come up and the bullets start flying, it looks like Battlefield, really. Yeah, I was going to say, are they trying to out Call of Duty, Call of Duty, or are they forging their own path now? Um... I don't think it's Call of Duty. I mean, Call of Duty's just gone like stupid roller coaster ride. Whereas this, it still has like an element of. Sorry, because this looked incredibly cerebral. Well, okay, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like winning any awards or anything, but it was. It was at the very least based in reality. It wasn't, you know, the Eiffel Tower wasn't falling down or anything. Um, so yeah, it was. It was. It was decent, but it, it was Battlefield basically, with a few nice bits on top of it and. A bit of emotional story. So, yeah, um, I think you should be excited, if you like that sort of thing, anyway. Yeah, they got a little bit of flack, didn't they? Because there was no um, or very little multiplayer um, shown off. And when you consider this game really is kind of... has its core audience in a multiplayer um, setting, it was a kind of notice uh, noticeable absence. Yeah, I guess so. But they tried with a campaign with Battlefield 3, which... It was in my review. I said that it could have been really good if they actually tried to put a narrative in there. They obviously focused on multiplayer um, and single player was just left to sort of do a short six hour campaign, which they obviously didn't try that hard at. And this one really seems like they're they're trying to put some effort into the narrative and making it something that people should be focusing on. So personally, I like campaigns. Um, I mean, I love multiplayer as much as the next person, but I really do enjoy a good single player campaign. And it looks, if this 17 minute trailer is anything to go by, like they could be doing some good work here. How long was the uh, single player on Battlefield 3? It was ridiculous. It was about like five hours, maybe even less than that. Are you serious? Yeah. I, just, I just bought it. Yeah, I just... Well, you know when Origin did that Sorry for SimCity thing and made all of their... All the games on Origin were half price or something. I thought, oh, I'll pick up Battlefield 3. I'll play through this. I only play the single player, so... Yeah, that was a waste of time, wasn't it? Well, waste of time. The, the, the problem is it's more frustrating than anything. It, like I say, it looks like they really could make a good narrative and they, they do some good stuff in it and it's fun to play don't get me wrong but you kind of come away from it going oh well you didn't really try that hard did you um mm. it's a tutorial isn't it though yeah it really is if you knew how the mechanics of the game were going to work anyway though and you were confident that you could just jump straight into multiplayer there wasn't really a great deal that you were missing if you if you skipped the campaign altogether i mean the main thing i think was probably things like um you know the vehicles and that kind of thing well, that's disappointing. Hey, mate, you, you could really enjoy it. You know, uh, the multiplayer, I still think, is fantastic. I've sunk many, many hours into the multiplayer. Um, but for some reason, I never feel really that drawn to the single player on um, on these types of games. Maybe I'm missing out. Maybe it's just, uh, maybe it's me, something I need to get over. No, I, th- I think there's potential here, definitely. Um, but, I mean, why why would they come out and show the multiplayer now? You know, that's that's for later. Um, you know, show the single player now. It shows off everything what they want to show with this trailer, which is look at how nice and shiny the next generation is going to look. This is how we're going to make it look. And multiplayer comes long down the line. You know, people, we know we're going to love that. They know that the fan base is going to love that. So why would they, why would they give that away so easily? They wouldn't do. Show them the single player. Show that they're moving that on in some way. Um, and then you know, the multiplayer can be sort of the cherry on the top at the end because we know that's going to be the long tail of the game. Mm, it's very true. You make a good point. Um, Seventeen minutes, though, is that is that quite unprecedented to to show off that amount of uh, of gameplay? I'm guessing Kojima's beat it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, did they give any kind of release date? Ooh, good question. I don't think so. This year, though, right? Isn't it slated in for yeah, kind of 
holiday season, you know, kind of November time. Launch window. Kind of thing. Yeah, basically there's lots of talk. It'll be, you know, on the next-gen consoles, and of course it'll have to be. So what we traditionally call gaming silly season, that sort of September, October, November time where things really kick off and all the titles come flooding in at once. Yep. One to add to the wish list then? Yeah, definitely. I'll definitely be playing it. I'm also intrigued what Call of Duty will do. Yeah, have we heard anything out of that camp? Not as far as I'm I suppose aware. E3's coming up, so we might hear things then, I guess. Mm, yeah, definitely. It should be interesting maybe get something out of Respawn Entertainment. I was just about to ask you, what do you think? Um, when do you think we might see something from those guys? Uh, hopefully this year. One of, the, one of the guys left, Jason West, has left Respawn now. Um, so that was that's, that could be good or bad. Who knows whether that bodes bodes well for it or not. But I don't know, there's, there's going to be lots of things to shoot uh, this November anyway, so... We shall see. Ooya. 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 That's, Ooya? that's what I reckon. Ooya. <laughs> that, that's, what, that's what the internet says. Yeah, see, and the internet's never wrong. Never. Right, let's, let's try. Okay, so, Ooya. Ooya? Ooya? <laughs> Ooya. 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 Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, console that no one knows how to pronounce has been released. Um, ben, you backed this on Kickstarter. Give us a little bit of uh, background on, on this unique little box of tricks. I, I, I got, um, so the story goes like this. I got quite drunk and was browsing on Twitter one day and saw, oh, they're releasing this Android console thing. And I'm a recent convert to Android. I think it's great. So I thought, oh, you know, this is, this is fantastic. This is really exciting. And as far as I knew, I hadn't really thought anything about it, any more about it, until the next day I saw I'd got an email confirming that I had backed it. So um, now I'm getting one. But apparently, um, from what I've seen so far, early reviews and early impressions are that it doesn't um, quite deliver on what it could have. I'm, I'm intrigued by the attraction to android i mean the games are still pretty i don't want to say basic because that's probably not the right way to describe it but they're not it's not high-end gaming is it it's you know the kind of gaming you'd expect on a mobile device right am i right i think if i um see i haven't paid as much attention to this as i probably should have but i I think it isn't connected to the um play store which is a normal you know the Google store so i think that games that are being ported to it are being ported deliberately to this and i think the launch lineup is quite meager from what i understand um and that's been one of the things that people have criticized lack of games that the hardware itself isn't great some people have reported problems with the control pad i think i was reading that it's just not the the build quality isn't very good um, Ouya themselves, I did read one post they, they wrote that said that they're constantly improving their kind of manufacturing and at the moment it's still kind of early adopters, I suppose, people that um, backed it through the Kickstarter. So when it gets officially released in June, maybe it'll be a bit different and maybe there'll be a bigger kind of software base. But to be honest, at this point, I'm not particularly so optimistic. What, I mean, how much did you need to pay to, to, to back the project? I mean, did they have certain levels? I think or? it was probably about 80 quid or something for the to get the right. console and, that, and that's what you paid yeah, <laughs> yeah. mug <laughs> I, I really don't know what i was thinking i really don't know what i was thinking like if you just said to me now hey would you want to back this thing i wouldn't do it but um genuinely i'd had a few drinks it seemed like a great idea you know kind of open source gaming democratization of a gaming platform all sounded brilliant. They did a flash video. I bought it. I shouldn't have it, done it. It sounds incredibly niche to me. And while I wish them all the luck in the world, I just, I just don't see it flying off the, the shelves. Inverted commas, uh, listener. Um, I just don't see it happening. Leon, any interest in this device? I know you, you, you're a bit partial to um, an Android or two. Yeah, I've got an Android phone, and I like playing Android games and stuff. But what Ben said is true. You know, the uh, they're not connecting to the Play Store, which is good in a way because it means that games that they're putting on their store will work with the control pad and they're made for the control pad so you won't end up downloading something and realise that it it's not customised for the platform you're playing it on but at the same time I'm sitting here looking through a list of the games that are on or will be on the Ouya and I don't know any <laughs> of gotta them that's got to be the, the 12th pronunciation so far <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just giving up with it um, I mean I've got like Final Fantasy 3 here which they say is a TV exclusive so you've never been able to play it on your TV before, apparently. 
That's a bit of a stretch, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Um, so beyond that, I mean, we're talking about... I mean, I could read some names. I mean, Kaiju Combat, Megatroid, Penumbir, Quest for <laughs> Infamy. Uh, well, you're really selling it to me. Well, you know, I could go on. Um, but yeah, it's the software. It's not there. As I say, you know, we, we wish them luck. And I think it is great that there's new contenders stepping into this marketplace, a marketplace which is about to go next generation, I might add, and potentially have a Steam box uh, thrown in at some point too. But I, I give it a few months and then it will sink without a trace, I think. Just in case you're interested, I spent $119, which is £77.70. That's crazy. <laughs> Oh, no. Do you have an Android phone? Yeah. See, the thing is, you you know, I, I don't know. understand why you could just get a HDMI cable, plug the Android phone into your TV, get a Bluetooth controller, boom, same thing. Maybe even better because you get all the Play Store games. Oh, thanks for that. <laughs> I just, I, I love the idea that that you know some of these Kickstarter projects could be getting backed by people in a drunken stupor. <laughs> That's nostalgia, though. Almost, it, it's this kind of idea that you can see the resurgence of the bedroom developers, and you know, as Ben said, the democratization of gaming, and it, it just it seems like a, a grand ideal, um, but it, it's just it does seem almost destined to fail. But is it who yeah. that's doing that though? I mean, we've got all sorts of platforms for that now. We've got like Greenlight on Steam. We've got, I mean, to a lesser extent, like indie games on XBLA. I'm sure. PSN has got its own like indie type thing. Um, there's so many different ways to become like a bedroom developer at this point. Do we really need? We've got just standard Android, you know. Do you really need a, an Android console to do it? It does feel a little bit just kind of people just wanting to stick two fingers up to the man and you know stick out this open source console just because they can. And it doesn't seem incredibly well thought out. I don't know, it's Kickstarter for me. I mean, I I don't know if I believe in Kickstarter as an idea for games. I find it incredibly cynical, the whole Kickstarter thing. Um, it rides on just like tidal waves of hype, you know, just someone's put something on Kickstarter, it goes around the internet on all these forums and everybody chucks a few quid and the next thing you know, that they've got their goal and it's a million, million pounds or whatever and then it comes out and it's just not that successful. I mean, how many Kickstarter games have actually been successful or kickstarter products even have been successful at this point well i think we've got a few big ones due in the next 12 months or so and i think depending on how well they're received or how well their launch goes you know that could be make or break for the way that games are funded in that manner i think people will either gain or lose a lot of trust depending on how well they go um, don't get me wrong i'm not immune to it i think i i donated 40 quid to star citizen which is um this new, uh, you know, huge space sim that's due in the next year or so. I mean, it's, it's great for, like, fans getting what they want. Because, I mean, there's that elite one knocking around. Um, and I'm sure, you know, everybody's been dying for a new elite for absolutely ages. So if that comes, comes to fruition, then, you know, people are going to be happy. But, you know, there are reasons why businesses don't make these things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, you, you know, the big games developers, it's not like they didn't realise that these types of games were out there or have been out there at one stage or another. You know, they've, they've, they've made their decision, they've weighed up their options and decided not to go in that direction. So, I don't know, sometimes, you know, nostalgia does um, kind of win through over common sense. But look, we'll see. We could, we could end up getting some amazing games out of it. And, and, and who knows, the... Oya, oh, 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 could be the you know this amazing little box that ends up doing loads of little things. Hey, do you know what? You could use it if you can use it as a an XBMC like a media center thing. Then boom, already there you've got a really great little um, feature, irrespective. So I'm sure your money's not wasted, Ben. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> How does your wife feel about you uh, getting a bit tipsy and um, going all rogue on the internet? And, I don't. Uh, she doesn't know specifically about this, but as a sort of concept, it's a feature of our marriage. So I think she's she sort of re- <laughs> reconciled herself to it. it. Sounds like the kind of thing you'd be well into, Mark. Actually, I'm surprised you didn't back it to the hill. I was tempted. I, I was sorely tempted. Um, but it, too yeah. busy sinking your money in skyhooks and chocolate teapots. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I mean, I, I think that it, you know it could be it could take off. I mean, if you look at things like uh, you know the Linux community, it, you know this kind of thing creates this little groundswell. You know, people get more enthusiastic about it. The the more they start to see what they can actually do with it. So you know, the most boring time, the time when it will seem like it has the least to offer, will be just before it launches. You know, it will take a while for that community to build. But I think a lot depends on how everything uh, works out with the regards pricing. I mean, they they could kind of steal a little march on the rest of the Android community, where everyone's kind of linked into other pricing structures. If they can find a way to to make it tempting for people to, you know, if you're making something for Android, put it on this rather than just say, no, I'll go straight for the mobile market. Yeah, Do you, actually, like this is part of what the problem is, though, isn't it? Is when you think about it, they're effectively by having their own store locking you down into it's drm the same as anything it's going else. against everything it's kind of um whereas you know. steam dreamlight i mean a lot of steam's out there isn't it loads of people have got steam if you're a pc lamey you've got steam so you can get content out there and that really is a kind of democratization in a way although you can't just let your game green lit obviously but this it's only going to be available to the people that have, that have got the console so the more i think about it the more i just think the whole thing's a horrible idea that won't work so let me get this straight. So you backed it. So you get one early. Is yeah, that, is that right? I, I got right. an email. I was actually just looking at my. I was looking for the time that I um, that I originally pledged, and it was after midnight. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, just looking through the emails, I think that they've started shipping them, and they're kind of making them and shipping them right now. So I should be getting it at some point. So we can expect a review sometime soon. All right. Oh, cat amongst the pigeons. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'll do. I'll do a review of. Yeah, but I, I, I wonder whether or not it's fair to, like Mark was just saying. I wonder whether or not a first impressions thing is completely fair. Maybe I'll do a first impressions and then a couple of months later update it. Wow, but what with the name? Is there any reason behind the name? I was just going to say. Um, uh, I, I found an answer to that. Um, somewhat, they were asked uh, where did the name come from, and they said that it's the idea is to be open. <laughs> So the O represents openness. <laughs> oh, don't it. finish that sentence. Oh, dear God. Really? Openness. Openness, yeah. But no, but that's it. Uh, it says, and, and for the rest, we're still fiddling it out. So literally, the O stands for openness. That's it. Yeah. If David Brent was going to launch a console, <laughs> it would probably be the... Oh dear. So that's out in June. Uh, if you backed it, if you if you like Ben backed it, you'll hopefully get yours any day now uh, and prop up that wobbly leg on the dining table. Reviews, fellas. What's everyone been reviewing this month? Mark, you've um, you've been dusting off an old. Uh, old classic in uh, God of War is this is this the new new game in the series or oh yeah God of War Ascension it's it's very much got the feel of of an offshoot game rather than a one of the central series it's it's a prequel so that usually tells you what kind of territory you're in um it it's just it's just an extra game an extra God of War game you know it's it's you can't really knock it too much because it sticks to the tried and tested principles of you know gore a minor amount of nudity for the teenage audience and then just large amounts of quick time events uh huge boss battles as normal but it just i don't know there's a strange kind of pacing issue with it because it's a prequel you can't have everything quite as big and bad as it was you can't have that same feeling of you know actually killing a god so you've got to you know they scrape the barrel of greek mythology a little bit and they you know they're digging around for things that you might see as recognizable but in reality it's it's just a little bit of a stretch it's just another kind of kratos adventure if you if you still felt that itch needed scratching and you you know it probably indicates that it'll be a little while before you see another installment on ps4 is it fair to kind of say playstation's in a bit of a limbo right now while everyone's waiting for the new console and everything else that seems to come out in between is just a little bit of filler I, th- I think to a certain extent it is because I mean even with with stuff like um, Battlefield Four, you know, already when when you ask people about it, you know, the first thing most people say is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll see what the pricing is for for the new consoles. You know, it's a lot of these games, you know, same as Assassin's Creed Four. People will probably want. Hey, Leon's favourite. Yes. Don't get me started. 
He's got naval warfare. Uh, seriously, we we don't want to do this. <laughs> they they should just make a new franchise. Just seriously. No, but uh, it, so it, it's kind of. I think we are in a little bit of limbo because people are going to want to see what those big blockbusters, which are going to be prioritised, they're going to have to look fantastic on the next gen consoles. You know, with with the talk that they you know they're going to be pushing high end gaming PCs. It it's. It seems like we're getting towards the end of the life cycle, and and the the standard franchises are going to keep on coming out, just with these almost like a yeah in between games. Because there was a time where we would talk about God of War as having like some of the most amazing graphics of this generation, you know. Now it's just it's just kind of you know accepted. Yeah, it's God of War. It's you know it's a bit flash. It looks fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It, it, it certainly does, but it, it's just, uh, I mean, God of War always has been very, very kind of linear. You know, it, it's one of those games where they fully expect pretty much anyone to be able to finish it. Um, and so therefore, it, you know, there are large sections that have always kind of come down to just press up and then, you you know, Kratos will climb a huge, unfathomable wall, you know, without you having to even think about what your route is or anything like that it, it's it's all about the cinematic i mean it really is kind of interactive movie stuff at points because yeah. it, it relies on quick time events yeah no they are they are good fun and they're, they're very slick if nothing else those games are incredibly slick ben you ever uh, been a fan of god of war uh, yeah i used to and i bought the hd remakes on ps3 actually i, I, I really enjoyed them but and I, I reviewed um at least one of the psp uh, releases for the site as well but i i kind of feel like it's possibly had its day what do you think martin i mean is there anything more is is it even worth continuing on to the ps4 other than for the for the for the revenue it generates it it'll need an overhaul and it'll be a reinvention i i'm pretty sure there you know there's lots of talk about this cryptic message in uh, ascension and whether it's going to mean that they shift settings i think they've got to i think there's there's you can't carry on with the greek setting and as soon as you shift to to a completely different um locale then you've got I've got it god of war vice city <laughs> <laughs> make it lego god of war and steal by it <laughs> lego god of war actually steve would uh, be all over that i think he'd love it five stars guaranteed yeah <laughs> av forums reference <laughs> no it needs a shot in the arm though it, it it really does i mean the the quick time events were something that you could get away with you know when the spectacle was grand enough but you there's only so much that you can do with that you know what do they do i mean if they if they bring it back on the ps4 all they can do is make it more prettier how can you change it that radically and and without it becoming something completely different you could open it up a bit more i mean you know it, it wouldn't kill you to have more than just one path that you have to blindly follow at any one time you know if if it you know Open up different routes for you. What, like a sandbox, God of War? That would be that would be well cool. It doesn't have to be sandbox. It just has to be you know more of a kind of open world. It just has to give you more choices, because ultimately, when you're just funneled into continual fights, you realise that it's just this kind of segmentalised series of little battles that could be almost like a challenge mode in a game. You know, right. it, you don't really need the filler in between unless you're really caught by the story. In conclusion, if you're a massive fan or a little bit bored, go for it. Yeah, I mean, it's still a decent game, don't get me wrong, but it's just you realise that it is starting to look a little bit tired and it probably will need a shot in the arm fairly soon. Other massive game this month that we haven't yet spoken about has been Bioshock. Um, Manny reviewed it for the site. Is that available now, guys? Is that ready to rock? Yeah, that's been up for a few days. And it's... He's been very, very careful. He was paranoid about spoilers. Yeah, we were going to originally, I think we were planning to do some sort of section where we would speak candidly and open and somehow protect people from spoilers. I'm not that far into the game either. So, I mean, I was kind of cool with spoilers. But Mark, I gather you're not too far in either. So, and Leon's vehemently against uh, any kind of spoilers today. So we'll we'll, we'll just keep it to the... um, to the to the facts, I suppose. Um, Mark, well, what do you think of the game so far? You're very early into it. I well, it dropped through my letterbox this morning. Um, I was fully up for 
trying to plough my way well into the campaign so that I could actually you know talk a little bit about it. But I just found myself. I'm only. I've spent a couple of hours with it. That's all, and I'm literally still very much at the beginning. Um, I just found myself too lost in the world and just kind of poking around every corner and just Are you marvelling at, at I am. I am. I mean, it, it is... What are just, you playing on? I'm playing on the 360. Okay, cool. Right. Um, and again, this is, you know, usually tells how much you're looking forward to a game if you spend an absolute age pondering what format to get it on, you know, looking at screenshots and the like. Um, but as I played the original Bioshock on the 360, it just seemed right. Um but yeah, I just find myself marvelling at, at the views. I mean, the vistas—it it just looks absolutely stunning, and I just love the whole, the whole art direction and everything. The the audio is is kind of one of the things that is just completely transporting me away. Um, it just yeah, it it's got me absolutely captivated even at this early stage, and I'm just kind of spending time just tinkering and pottering about more than anything. I almost don't want to kind of trigger the next scene. Let's let's talk about the narrative because these games have got a reputation. I mean, Bioshock Two maybe was not what up to the standards that Bioshock One perhaps set, but narrative-wise, Bioshock One was phenomenal. You know, incredibly atmospheric and um, a few plot twists to kind of leave you, you know, a little bit shocked and surprised. Um, and Bioshock Infinite doesn't really disappoint, does it, Leon? Um, no, it doesn't. Uh, from a narrative perspective, no, not at all. Um, I, I would say that I don't find Columbia as immersive, for want of a better word, as Rapture. I know, there's there's something. It's very. Like, it's much more open, is it, in in comparison? Because yeah. y- you know the way that the environment is. Yeah, wandering around Rapture, it's very, it's almost a light-hearted kind of adventure at times. I mean, yeah, it, it, it gets quite interesting, but, you know, I, I do remember wandering around Rapture and it really being, you know, very closed in and, you know, water pouring in from everywhere. So there was, there was a different tone. Rapture was very, it was almost a horror game. Um, in some places, whereas Columbia is a lot lighter and I find myself just wandering around. But but still, the narrative in itself, and especially Elizabeth herself, um, she is possibly one of the best acted characters and just companions since probably Alex in Half-Life 2 or something like that. I mean, she's actually useful during combat, even though the way that she appears and sort of teleports around the world is kind of a little bit sketchy. It's almost magical sometimes. You're just popping off shots somewhere and you turn around and there she is standing right behind you. And you're kind of, oh, how did you get there? But as far as her character goes and the storyline, yeah, it's it's very believable and very well voice acted. Um, yeah, It really, really plays on the whole buddy vibe. You know, you definitely get that from the from the off. You know, something which is difficult to get into games, I think. Yeah, you really feel like you need to... Well, you do feel like you're responsible for her and need to protect her, but at the same time, she can look after herself and you never feel like you're hampered by her or, you know, she's she's taking away from the experience. So they're walking a fine line, but they're, they're walking it really well. Ben, you've been playing too? Yeah, I've finished it, actually. Um, so I'm going to be really conscious about what I say. But I, I really... I really like the narrative and I think I preferred the story to the first one overall but I had quite a few problems with the first one but I think Leon's right I think the Rapture is a more for me is a more interesting world and I've been thinking about this quite a lot and I think part of the reason is when in Rapture you're always aware that you're underwater or from almost start to finish whereas there's something about this where um, you can see the sky but you they don't really use as much as perhaps they could the fact that you're floating you don't always as you're playing minute to minute you don't think oh we're floating however far above earth in quite the way that you feel kind of oppressed by the by the water in rapture i think and so for me i reckon more interesting world in the first more interesting story in this um i still think at heart it's just the story still slotted in between lots of shooting Let's talk a little bit about how it handles the story. And a lot of a lot of the narrative is kind of drip fed to you through these audio recorders that you find. I don't know about you guys. I, I actually fa- found that quite irritating. I found it a little bit. Um, I don't think lazy is a fair way of describing it, but it, it, it crops up in so many games now where you're finding audio recorders and you listen to the audio recorders to, to fill in gaps or get more of a complete idea of the world and story but what i will say is that they are incredibly well done they are incredibly well acted and voiced 
I just didn't know whether it was almost a bit of a gaming cliche. Am I, am, am I being unfair? No, you're, you're being completely fair. I think it's a real problem, actually, um, that it shows a lack of confidence from their point of view of uh, infusing the story into the gameplay and a lack of um, sort of trust in the player that they'll have the patience to be able to deal or you know the understanding to deal with the story through the gameplay. It's, they've said... Effectively, this is a narrative-led game. Um, when this is no spoilers, when you finish it, um, the f- I, th- I believe that writing credits are the first thing that appear through the credits. Whereas mm. something like Tomb Raider, I read somewhere that it takes like five minutes before they get to any of the writers. So it's narrative front and centre, but yet they've almost kind of made it optional, which I think isn't the way to go. I think if you're going to tell a story, you should put the story out there. I think you've got a good point, but I do kind of like, you know, one of the things about these games is the exploration. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but you know, you've got that kind of, I can hit up on the D-pad and it it gives you the arrow where to go. Um, Or or Elizabeth will often run in front of you and you kind of just follow her. But I use that arrow to sort of go, right, that's the way I'm going. So I'm going to go every other way first. That's exactly what I'm doing, which is see which way you should be going and then just say, right, I want to go and explore in the other direction because I don't want to just blindly go to trigger the next scene. Yeah, totally. And, and it's that kind of level of exploration. And the audio recordings for me are the reward for doing that. You know, like, a, not a pro- I'm doing inverted commas, but a proper gamer, you know, would go around and try and look in every nook and cranny. You know, that's the way that we go around. And and my reward for that is is getting those audio recordings. Do you know what I mean? Like, that is that is the reward for being, for going the extra mile, for being a, interested. It's a patience thing. I mean, I listen to them because it's kind of, you pick them up, you, you press up, whatever it is on um, on consoles, there are certain people that would just ignore it or just not bother, you know? And I think that's a shame because all that effort's been put in and if that's the best way they could have come up with of delivering that narrative to you, then I think that's a shame, that's a missed trick. I don't think it necessarily makes you a proper gamer. No, but I, I think definitely in some parts of the game, especially I've, I've literally just come from playing it right now, and at one part, I mean, I'm picking up these audio recordings and I'm listening to them and going, oh, right, that's really explaining something core to the game. Like, if I hadn't picked that up, I would not understand this game as well as I do right now. Although it mm. seems like there are some really pivotal, like, crucial bits of information that are needed to truly understand the game. I mean, I haven't finished it, so who knows? They'll probably hit you over the head with it, like in the ending um, but you know you in order to get the most out of it I think exploration should be something which is rewarded and okay it's a slightly clunky and overplayed way of doing it the audio recordings but I think it's as good as any yeah I suppose it you know it depends how you play things and some people will blast through a game and then quite happily play through it again I suppose um, but one thing that has caught me that I wanted to ask Ben about um, seeing as you finished the game Ben the, the the kind of is there much does it explore this kind of commentary on racial um, tensions and equality that it seems to be hinting at? I mean, I'm very early on in the game. Does that theme continue? Um, it's possibly not explored in as much depth as it could be. I think it's caused quite a fuss because it's because it's there at all rather than the kind. But of, it is there, isn't the, it? It's not me just kind of seeing more in something than than there actually is it's there uh, there's a there's a whole kind there's a race thing there's a class thing um there but i think a lot it's really difficult without doing spoilers i found that aspect of it to be the most unsatisfactory what i found satisfactory uh was that they told a really good sci-fi story and i i quite like my my sci-fi um in sci-fi terms, yeah I re- yeah i love sci-fi but in terms <laughs> Um, in terms of the kind of exploration of issues, I've read what, what what people have said about it, and I don't see the same depth. I mean, I think you can go right, and pick a conversation up, pick, for another time. Maybe we need to yeah. do like a spoiler cast when we've all finished it. I will say that I was I was quite broadsided by that because um, I hadn't really I'd gone on a blackout because you know there are certain games that you just don't want to look at the trailers you don't want to read about stuff so I didn't really know a great deal about Bioshock I knew the basics but I, I think you know th- at the beginning when they really are playing on that racial stuff and there's there's one decision that you make very early on which it really is this is a race card decision um, I really want to know what the statistics are on that decision 
Um, I, w- I would love to know what people. And someone picked. somewhere has that information as well. Yeah, I would really love to know what people picked on that, um, and th- and that was something that really I don't know it hit me a lot harder than I thought it would do. I mean, it's a subject that is not really touched on in any games. It seems like people just avoid it, but they really do play on it towards the beginning. I mean, further on in the game, it seems to have lapsed a little bit t- for me. Um, but in the beginning, I was really quite, I was quite happy that they'd done it. Um, because it was it wasn't shocking, but it was a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit uncomfortable, and I was happy with that because it's it's an area that games don't really touch on a lot. Well, I think the whole the whole gaming audience is a maturing audience, and I think the whole people that are developing games are are a maturing uh, group of people as well. So I I fully expect these kind of themes and plot points um, and and subjects to crop up in in games. Um, so you know let's 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 have the debate you know let's let's spark the interest i think it's i think it can only be a good thing doesn't it seem strange though picking up on that point leon post walking dead to be playing a game where you get a a serious decision and you don't get to see the statistics for it yeah i think that's probably what um made me want to want to know because i think the decision was such a well of course i'm going to do that because that is philosophically wrong what, what right. they're asking me to do <laughs> yeah exactly. and of course i'm going to do that and then after i was like i wonder how many people didn't do it yeah but isn't that the whole thing about video games is that you can you can be a bastard if you choose to be that guy this is yeah. the one place where you know okay i'm walking through an airport in call of duty modern warfare 2 and i'm being asked to blow away loads of you know innocent people well I can do it. It's not really going to matter, is it? Do you see what I mean? It, video games play on that. Yeah. Again, without spoilers, I think, again, not I was that broadsided. I did shoot anyone up in the airport, because that no. would be wrong. Well, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, that's, that's a different that's a different kettle of fish to me. That's, it is. That's, yeah, you're right. It is, it is. That's almost like... not. No, that's that's the wrong way to say it. Um, it. That's that's just a fantasy, you know. That's that's just doing it because you can do. Whereas this was presented in such a way where it was like, are you a good person or are you a bad person? You never played Skyrim, but Skyrim was a perfect example of you know I'm going to play this game like a complete bastard, and you could do that, you know. And there wasn't any real um, impact necessarily on on you know it wasn't limiting you. It would change the way you played the game, but it wouldn't limit you necessarily. Whereas Bioshock does present it, like, I mean, I don't know, maybe it plays out in the end, maybe that decision does have an effect on the way the story plays out, but the way they they give it to you really is like, what sort of person are you really? Do you agree with this or not? Yeah, I, th- I feel like we're missing out a massive part of this conversation because we're, yeah. we're um, obviously uh, not doing spoilers. But, uh, you know, on the whole, do you think the praise is fair? I mean, I'm not so convinced it is... <clears throat> standout game of the year yet even though we're obviously only very early on in the year but um you know it's been really really lauded by many many people many many journalists and reviewers and you know is is that fair do you think is it is it as good as they say it is I think it is It is very, very good. I mean, the, the main criticism of the original Bioshock was that the gameplay was clunky and didn't really do what it, wants, what it was meant to. And the one thing we haven't touched on is the fact that this really does play like a good shooter. I mean, I've played a lot of shooters recently, and, you know, the last thing I wanted really was to play another first-person shooter. But this, it doesn't really play like anything else. The whole roller coaster skyhook thing is a touch of genius really and, and the way that they sort of ramp it up and allow you to add in Elizabeth's tears and bringing things into the environment and that sort of stuff and then on top of that you've got the old Bioshock Vigors or Plasmids or whatever they're calling it now um, you know left trigger right trigger shoots um, and now the shooting is good um, it does shoot very well I'm only playing on normal so one hit from my carbine on the head and people die um, is very satisfying um, but I can see myself playing through this again on a harder difficulty level just to play around with the mechanics when they, when they sort of unleash you and say, right, okay, here's some skyhooks, here's some tears, here's some weapons. Um, you just go nuts and, and try and take down these dudes. It, it is fun to play. And you, the, the original Bioshock was fun, but mechanically not so. And this kind of really fills that part of the, the gap that the first game had. So on top of that, with the narrative, it's got the potential to be, yeah, easily a game of the year, I would say. Very pretty game as well. 
Here we go. Here we go. I heard when, when you asked when you asked when you asked Mark what platform you're playing it on, and he said console, and you kind of went a little quiet. That's so cynical. Here I was just go. interested to know what which of his many consoles. Software for you. How does it look on the PC? He says from his ivory tower. <laughs> <laughs> My ivory podcast tower. Um, yeah, it's it, it, it's a very very pretty game on the PC. Very pretty. I mean, I've got quite a beefy graphics card in, in, in my new PC and uh, even then it was still running like a bit of a dog at times and I think that maybe um, can you install it on the Xbox out of interest yeah yeah yeah. of course because, say that like <laughs> can you use a controller on the Xbox <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't trolling anyway I promise you um, i I basically threw together this PC in a very, very cheap budget, and I've got a very old mechanical drive, and I think there may be issues with the game streaming off it. So, for example, if I was running it off an SSD, it might be a, a much slicker experience because there's so much um, you know, information that the game's chugging through. So I don't know whether that's creating a bit of a bottleneck for me. It's not running you know, its absolute optimum. But uh, I did. I did stick it through my my projector and uh, <laughs> have a little little late night session. Um, it's a very pretty game, yeah. And I think if we're kind of getting you know future echoes to what next gen consoles are going to bring to the average gamer, then you know, brilliant. I think it's uh, it's a really exciting time. Uh, from one strong female character in a video game to another, uh, Lara Croft is back in Tomb Raider. Um, I gather Steve, did Steve review this for the site? Indeed he did. He did, but he's he's grounded or something, so he's not with us tonight. <laughs> um, the the reviews on the site now. Guys, anyone played it yet? I've, I've played it a bit on the PC. Well, very little on the PC, as we spoke about off-air. Uh, Leon, you, you played and completed? Uh, I haven't completed it. I, I want to guess I'm about halfway through. I think Gears of War turned up halfway through me playing it, so I put it down. Um, but I've played a bit. Enough, anyway. Right. And uh, what do we think? Is the reboot a success? Is it a return to form or at least, you know, a welcome return and, and a, a nice update? I, I, I don't know. This is this is the thing. This has almost got the kind of hitman syndrome about it, and Ben will probably be able to tell you about that a little bit, where, you know, the diehard fans want a certain game. Um, and then the developers make a different game which has undertones of the old games but they're moving on and they're pushing it towards something else and this this is in the Tomb Raider skin and it has some elements of Tomb Raider but from what I gathered the old guard aren't particularly happy with what they've done to the game there are less puzzles it's more third-person shooter it's more quick-timey more like Uncharted um, me personally I wasn't that particularly attached to the old Tomb Raider um, so changing it up and modernizing it and doing what they've done I'm happy with it, and I am enjoying it, especially what they're doing with Lara. Um, this whole survival deal is, is quite good. Um, but is it Tomb Raider as it's meant to be? A matter of opinion, probably. Did you ever catch the Uncharted games on, on PlayStation? Did you ever get a chance to sort of spend meaningful time with them at all? I watched somebody play one of them for a while, um, which was interesting because they're quite cinematic, so yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, I, I just wonder how much, you know, those games were playing in the minds of the developers when Lara Croft came out. Because, you know, they, they clearly both owe a huge amount to each other in one way or another. Um, is that is that fair to say, Ben? Yeah, I think so. I think because uh, I've played it and finished it and I really enjoyed it. And I, I quite liked the old Tomb Raider games. I wasn't you know, a huge fan. This is different, and this is much more like Uncharted than it is like Tomb Raider, but I think it's better than Uncharted, and I think Steve said that in his review as well. Um, I, I, I thought, yeah, it was very intentionally cinematic. There are quick-time events, but it was spectacular. It was really, really uh, beautiful to look at. Um, uh, the story was fine, followable. The voice acting was okay. But um, the, the action was, was really, really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I, I think I played it through in about two or three sessions. Just did the whole, the whole lot. And I, I, it was a thoroughly good time I had with it too. I've got the game. And as, as I confessed, I haven't played masses of it so far. I've only kind of got through a very early level. Um, but there was, you know, the kind of button times, you know, but timing your button presses and the quick time events. I'm not. I'm not sure how I feel about them. I don't know whether they irritate me or whether sometimes, if they're done right, they're they're decent. 
the beginning of the game is pretty pretty bad for it. They ease up on it. After a little while, they, they ease up and let you get into actual mechanics of the game. But the first hour or so, it's ridiculous. All it is is quick time events. And I was thinking, what, what is this? Am I even playing this? Why not just make it an hour-long cutscene? Why not? Just forget it. Um, but eventually, it opens up into a pseudo-open worldy. Uh, they give you enough weapons and and stuff and it, it, it is good um the only thing that i i mean i like what they're doing to lara but man she takes a beating in this game mm, it's I brutal mean, isn't it just anybody like five minutes in i'd have been like time out tapping out guys like <laughs> misogynistic or no 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 no, no. Really. and i i think if it wasn't for that whoever it, I, I, don't, I can't remember who it was the the, the the guy related to it pr guy or one of the developers that came out and said that you know as a, as a player you'll feel sorry for her and want to protect her and you know that sort of clipped off the whole thing and then there was a bit where it looked like it might be a little bit kind of rapey and but I, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a first for the podcast. What, rapey? Um, rapey. rapey. <laughs> no, but actually, um, no, and I'm normally the first one to, to jump on games about this sort of stuff, but actually I think it was, it was, re- it was all really well handled, I think, and she was, she was a good, strong uh, lead character, uh, and the thing that I thought was really good about the way they presented her actually that I haven't seen in other games is there was something about the way they animated her that made you empathise more than what she said or um, the way that you played it so she'd kind of shiver from time to time when it was cold or just generally like there are loads of little little actions um, that are that really add I think to the character more so than the script I think that's probably counts for more than the script in my view but I don't think any of that stuff about I don't think there I don't think it's misogynistic sexist or any of well, that well I, I hadn't heard that that was something that had been um been kind of bandied about I, I literally that was said in in kind of response to what you were describing no there was a, there's one scene that was shown or, or um, seen beforehand that showed Lara being attacked by a man and there was a kind of uh, a sense of kind of sexual threat um, right. which is what I was letting up but then when you actually play it that's a tiny thing and I don't think I think it would be unfair was to it, judge Was it a quick time event? <laughs> it, think, you know what it was but uh, it was actually Goodness quite a significant me. moment in terms of the, the sort of story arc. Um, right, right. So that, which is probably why they showed it in advance to give a sense of what was going on with that. But I, I think it would be really unfair. I, I think there is so, the, the horrendous portrayal of uh, women across so many games, and this is one that actually does quite a good job. So I think best leave it at that. Yeah. Well, interesting that you um, that you you've, you flagged the animation though, because it seems to be something that you know developers are getting increasingly right on and you know we go from one game Bioshock Infinite where the the animation I I think you know I'm not being sensationalist it's quite phenomenal um, in Elizabeth so you know if uh, if they're doing similar things with with Lara Croft then you know good times good times around Uh, fellas what's coming up in the next month what exciting games do you have winging their way to you to review sorry I'm just eating an easter egg Easter egg. <laughs> That's a bit late, isn't it? I'm slow with my Easter eggs. All right, fair enough. I've only just got got given this giant tub of shortbread for Christmas. I've only just got through it. Oh, wow. So between between you and my giant jar of jelly beans, we could have a real party. Oh, it's just this huge thing of shortbread, and it's best before April 10th, so I've been ploughing through. If I never see another piece of shortbread again. I'm sure, it, I'm sure it'll live for, like, another day or so. Oh, it's, not, it's not hard and fast rules self eat by dates they don't like explode or anything no but it starts going soft as soon as you pierce the top lid doesn't it yeah I suppose and it doesn't have double trays it's a nightmare <laughs> anyway sorry first world problems man Jesus <laughs> <laughs> so in between munching your way through copious amounts of easter eggs and shortbread uh, any games that you will be reviewing in the next month or so uh, well, hopefully by the time this podcast uh, is published, I will have Luigi's Mansion 2 on the 3DS up on the site. The big one. It, it is. You scoff. It is. That's a pretty big title, you know. Is that on the Wii U, did you say? No, on the 3DS. Oh, right. Yeah, the disdain you have for <laughs> other consoles beneath your glorious PC. I well, we can all look down on the Wii U, though. Come on. Yeah, I'm not even rising. There's no defense, that's why. There's no point, Leon. Just leave it. Like, he probably feels bad enough. (laughs) Seriously, though, what are they doing with that? You've got Lego City Undercover out. That's (laughs) been a... 
Right. And Steve's uh, reviewing that, isn't he? Yes, yeah, that's on site. <laughs> so, Luigi's Mansion, which um, sounds very epic. Leon? Uh, I've got... You're eating jelly beans, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I can tell. Um, I'm, I'm doing Dead Island Riptide. Oh, that's out now? Or that's, that's coming out? April 26th. Ah, oh, do you like a, a zombie game? Yeah, I'm actually going to finish the first Dead Island. I'm literally in the first Dead Island at the bit. You go to a prison at the end, and it's like, if you go in here... This is it. You can't go back. And I'm at that bit and have been forever. So I'm going to finish that. And then I'm going to go and do some Dead Island Riptide, which should hopefully be quite good. Um, well, I've been taking a small break from reviewing, but I might do something this month. We've, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Oi, oi. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And I'll do the, I'll do the, ooh, yeah. You're getting me saying it wrong. I was fine with this before. <laughs> Just clarify. Uh, tell me again what it was. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. But I've only heard it said with an American accent, so I'm not quite sure if I'm... If I'm translating it right. Oh, yeah. What was that? <laughs> that was the English version. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll, yes, I will do the Ouya for sure as soon as I get it. It won't take long because there's, <laughs> there's only about two games. So. Good stuff. And we may have some news of a rumoured um, next box announcement. I know Leon's loving the, uh, the uh, ongoing conversation in the Xbox thread. Um, hopefully we'll have some more concrete details about that soon. Or we can just speculate please let us have Um, details soon please it'd be nice to have a little um, prediction conversation before um, some sort of announcement so um, hopefully we'll have something like that lined up next month Um, Steve's got the Walking Dead survival instinct coming by the way so everybody who's really interested in that oh we all want to laugh at that yeah Yeah, brilliant wait for that (laughs) bad boy (laughs) I just finished this jelly bean oh my god why is everybody eating things (laughs) I want jelly beans. It's not fair. You can have some. Just come round here. All right. I'll nip down to London for a minute. Huge, big, massive thanks again for joining us on the podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you have the time, please swing by iTunes and give us a 12 thumbs up rating or whatever it is they do on there these days. Uh, just a quick reminder, you've got other podcasts from AV Forums. On the 7th of every month, you can join Phil and the team for the Movies Podcast. We're, of course, back on the 14th of every month. And on the 21st, you can join Phil again for the Home Cinema Podcast. I've been Steve Hill. Um, massive thanks to Mark. Cheers, Steve. Thank you, Ben. Cheers, Steve. Uh, thank you, Leon. Thank you. And it's a massive ooh from all of us. <laughs> uh, see you next month. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Forums podcast is copyright M2N Limited.